Tonight is the 15th of Shvat. That's why today in the afternoon we didn't say, in the Mincha, we didn't say the confessionary prayers. Preparing for the celebration of New Year for Trees. New Year for Trees begins tonight. Now, the question is, why are we celebrating now the New Year for Trees? It's not the time when the trees are harvested, not the time we have the fruits. Fruits aren't harvested till, till, till much later. This is a time when we just plant the seeds. Yet today is called the New Year for Trees. And the way we celebrate this holiday is not by planting seeds. The way we celebrate the holiday is by eating fruit. Why are we eating fruit? It's, it's a holiday we should plant seeds in this holiday. What's the meaning of, of uh, celebrating the holiday for trees when trees are planted? By eating fruit, which isn't, isn't here yet. It would seem appropriate today to plant seeds. I know some people in Israel, they plant seeds today too, but that's not really the official custom. That's not the, that doesn't say that in the Code of Jewish Law. The custom on Tu B'Shvat is to eat the fruits of Israel, especially, and the question is, what, what, why do you eat the fruits when planting the seeds? It's not really a question for the Jewish people. This, this is something that we, the Jews do a lot. We, we, we're a little bit ahead of the game. That's how we were born. We were born, Jewish people were born through miracles, and we were born with this connection to bitachon, to tr- with trust in Hashem, that is really unearthed, it's otherworldly. The kind of trust the Jews have in Hashem is not something that, that has any parallel, doesn't make any sense. It's not, you could see in a Jew this, this godly, holy energy, and the way they talk about Hashem, the way they believe in Hashem. I mean, to think about all of us here today, you know, we're, all of us know what says in the news, or what it doesn't say in the news. Uh, when 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 is this going to open? When is that going to open? No one really knows. W- will their work be the same in a month from now? Will there be a work to return to? Will you know? It, it, everyone has is living you know in, in in a little bit of a on edge. And yet, the Torah tells us you need to celebrate with fruit when it's time just to plant the seeds. The Jew has to feel, even though he's planting the seeds. Absolute trust in Hashem that the fruit's going to be there. You have the fruits ready there. Oh, no, there's no fruits, but I know the fruits are going to be there. Who says it's going to grow into a tree? Who says an animal's not going to eat it? All kinds of things can happen. But a Jew is a person who, even when he's planting the seeds, he already sees the fruits. He doesn't wait for things to grow for him to know. He, he lives with faith. That's, you see in this week's Torah portion, by the manna bread, by the man. Torah says that the manna bread fell down every single day. From the sky. From the sky. The question is, why every day? Why can't it just fall down and like once in the beginning of the, deer, the desert and then let them freeze it and hold on to it you know, for 40 years and, and they'll have the manna bread. And I know you want to have it fresh, I get that, but wouldn't you rat... You heard of Maslow's um, theory? Eitan, if what? Very good. You, you, you get an A if you sit down. Sit down, five minutes. <laughs> In Maslow's hierarchy thing, he says the number one need people have is they need to have food, shelter, and the regular stuff to survive. What's the second need that people have? Shelter, food. Yeah, yeah. Con- correct. Then, uh, social, uh, then security. security. Security, security, security. Yeah. What's security mean? That although you have bread today, you know what's going to happen tomorrow. So why would God, when we're traveling in the desert, why would He do this to us that every single day we have no idea what's going to happen the next day? He sends the man of bread just for one day, and the next day, back to square one. You don't know what's going to happen. In fact, it's very funny the way Moshe Rabbeinu describes the man of bread. Moshe Rabbeinu describes the bread like this. He says, God gave you pain. 
and he fed you the bread. In the Torah, the word for pain is inui. And the Talmud says in Yom Kippur, we're supposed to fast. Why are we supposed to fast in Yom Kippur? Because the Torah uses the word inui. What does inui mean? Does it mean you're supposed to roll around in the snow? Does it mean you're supposed to go into a, into a cold mikveh? What's the meaning of suffering in Yom Kippur? What does it mean? Does it mean you're supposed to uh, eat the anchovies? I mean, eat... Uh, what, 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 what does it mean uh, to suffer in Yom Kippur? So the Talmud says, we find the word suffering by the manna bread. What does it mean by the manna bread? You, you're suffering because you were hungry. So to Yom Kippur, you're suffering, you're hungry. What do you mean? Why are they suffering? They're hungry. We always, since we're children, we're told, the manna bread, are you kidding? The best food ever. You ate the manna bread, you could think about anything you wanted to eat, it would, it would taste exactly what you wanted it to taste like. You, you wanted it to be to, was, Z, whatever it's called. You wanted it to be like a rib steak, whatever, whatever, whatever you imagined it would taste like, that's what it tasted like. So why did the Torah say they were starving? Why are they starving? They weren't starving, that, that, they had it fresh every day. The answer is, you know why they were starving? Because they didn't know today what's going to happen tomorrow. That's why they were starving. Why did God do that though? Why did God put us in this precarious situation for 40 years straight and have every day not know what's going to happen the next day? So you have faith in God. Oh, being in the desert for 48 years was in order to create in the Jew to give us, it was a school. God put us in a school for 40 years to give us for all of our history that even though you don't know how things are going to work out, you know how things are going to work out. Because you know who your partner is. You know who you're working with. You know that God is holding your hand and therefore you're going to make it through. That's what the purpose of it, coming for one day and one day only. That's the purpose of this, I don't know what's going to happen. No, you know what's going to happen. You, you have experience for 40 years that you, that you don't have no natural way things are going to work out. You know it's going to work out. That's also the explanation of the splitting of the Reed Sea. You know, when we got to the Reed Sea, not everyone run, jumped into the water right away. There's actually four groups that were divided among Jewish people about the next move should be. There were some guys who said, let's go and let's kill ourselves. We don't want to go back to Egypt. Let's kill ourselves. We'll go in the water, we'll kill ourselves. That was group number one. Group number two said, Egyptians, us, so is 30 to 1. What the heck? We'll win them. We'll take them on. No problem. 30 to 1 odds, who cares? We could do it. They got chariots, they got horses. 30 to 1, we'll take them on. That was group number two. Group number three said, where's the white flag? Everyone, where's the white flag? We need the white flag. You know, we give up. We give up. We sorry, Pharaoh. We're sorry. We don't know what we were thinking. This Moses guy. We don't know what he was telling us. It's not true. It's we always wanted to be your servants. We just were planning to come back. So silly of us. We're so sorry. Group number three. Group number four. Group number four. Eitan. What was group number four? You know, group number four was. Let's go in. Eitan. Group number four. You know or not? Group number four said, let's pray to God. Emunah. Emunah. And God said, wrong. All four groups, wrong. Those who said, let's go jump in the sea, God said, no, 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 don't jump in the sea. Stand up and you'll see salvation of God. Those who said, let's go back to Egypt, God said, you're never going back to Egypt again. Those who said, let's fight, God said, I'll fight for you. God, those who said to pray, God said, you should be silent, quiet. What's wrong? Isn't it part of our faith to pray to Hashem? Isn't it a good thing to... Or, or the other group that says, fight them. It seems to be a good idea also. But they're all wrong. What's, what, was, what was wrong about them? So to understand this, let's put this in perspective. We're not talking about history. We're talking about Eitan and Yosef and Moshe Levin and Sas Parsaka. We're talking about here and now. We're talking about what the next step is. We left Egypt and we're waiting for the splitting of the sea. What's the splitting of the sea mean? When God split the sea, they saw the dry land underneath. The difference between the sea and the dry land is 
Sea is a place where everything is covered. In the sea there are mountains, there are valleys, all kinds of creatures in the sea, but it's covered. The meaning of the splitting of the sea is that what's covered, you could see it. In this world also, there is the sea and there's the dry land. What's the sea in this world? The sea in this world is Hashem's energy in the world. Before we say, have some Perrier, what do we say? Shahakol niyabit What does that mean? Everything was created by His words. That's what we say. So Mashiach comes, the sea will split, which means we'll see the energy of Hashem, we'll see the words of Hashem, which is hidden from our eyes. We'll see Hashem's word that makes every single... You're doing the right thing. You left Egypt means you do exactly what you're proud of doing. You're praying Shacharit, Benchan, Arvit, all the right things. But the sea hasn't split yet means you could go back to Egypt. You left doing the right thing, but what's, who's to say that tomorrow you won't make the same mistakes that you made when you were a kid? What's going to keep you in the way that you are now? The sea hasn't split yet. Until God parts the curtains and you see Hashem's presence in the world, maybe you'll go back there. So what do you do until Hashem brings Mashiach? What do you do to get there, to make Mashiach come? What do you do while you're waiting for the sea to split? You've gotten out of Egypt doing the right thing. What do you do until you get there? So group number one has this great idea. Don't get insulted. This is what group number one says. Group number one says, let's go to Kolel. Go to Kolel. What? They say, let's jump into the sea of Torah. Jump into the sea of prayer. Let's just stay in a holy environment all of our lives. Who cares what happens to the rest of the world? We just want to be in a safe, insulated place. That's the group number one. Group number one is like a tzaddik with a fur coat. He wears a fur coat. He wears a fur coat. It's, he's warm. What about the rest of the world? Who cares the rest of the world? I need to warm myself up. That's one persona. He says, I don't care about everybody else. I need to make sure that I'm warm. That's group number one. Group number two says, let's fight the Egyptians. Some people always prefer the violent answer. They always think the violent answer must be the answer. Those people like that in life. Like those guys in Israel who throw rocks at cars driving on Shabbat. Right? What are they thinking? They want everyone to keep Shabbat. What's their answer? Their answer violence. is to throw violence. Some people in my family, they prefer the conspiracy theory over all of the theories. That's how they do it. What's the answer? How do it's conspiracy? Because it's Jews like that. So that's the second group. The group says, let's fight them. They always think the violent answer is the answer. That's the second group. And there's a third group. The third group says, let's go back to Egypt. Going back to Egypt is, a, is the most, is, is, a, is the worst type option. What is it? What are they today? The, the third group? The third group says like this. At 1.30, Rio Vista, it's Mincha. You gotta go to Mincha, because you're supposed to go to Mincha. But what do you, what, what does it accomplish? What does that do for you? Well, you're supposed to go to Mincha. Who knows what will happen if you don't go to Mincha? Do you feel when you go to Mincha, it does something? It gives you something? That there's something different about your day? You're gaining, you're gaining something? That Hashem speaking, that Hashem does something? Or, or you're just going to Mincha, because you're supposed to go to Mincha. The third group says, let's go back to Egypt. The Pharaoh, the power will always be the king. The world will never change. You have to do all the things that God said. Fine, leave Egypt. But the world will never change. The Pharaoh will always be the king. Nothing will ever change, ever. That's the third group. Let's go back to Egypt. Nothing will change. Here's the fourth group. The fourth group says, let's pray. That seems to be a good idea. We're supposed to rely on Hashem. One of the fundamental principles in our life is to think it's going to be good. Not that Hashem knows how it's good. That's, that's, trusting in Hashem means you believe it's going to be good in a way that you could see that it's good. There is another lower level of trusting in Hashem, which Hashem knows what He's doing. That's not, that's not, that's not the real trusting in Hashem. Real trusting in Hashem means that you lean on Hashem and you say, I know Hashem will help me. Hashem is my beloved Father and, he has, and He's taken care of me and it's going to be good in a way that I could see that it's good. That's the meaning. It says in the Torah, Habatech Hashem, Chesed, Savenu. If you trust in Hashem, kindness surrounds you. 
You trust in Hashem, you're shown by kindness. The fact you trust in Hashem that brings Hashem's kindness, you believe in God's kindness, you will see God's kindness. You plant the seeds, we eat the fruit. Is that an idea? You're, you're, it's, 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 it's not yet the time for the fruits to be harvested yet, but you already feel at the time of planting the seeds, you're going to have the fruit. That will make you get the fruit. As they say in America, if you believe you can or if you, you, can, you believe you can't, you're right. Right? You believe you can, you believe you can't, you're right. So that's, group number four is good in the sense that they trust in Hashem. The problem with group number four is they took their hands and they put their hands where? In their pockets. They put their hands in their pockets. Well, God take care of everything. They put their hands in their pockets. What's the right move? What's the right answer? The all four groups are wrong. What are you supposed to do? <laughs> what does that mean? There's a time to pray and to yell. So what should you do? What are you supposed to do? Go. Where are you going? Where are you going? Where are you going? Can, can you go in the ocean? Can you go in the ocean? Okay, but I ask you a question. But all you see is ocean. If if if, if, if he was standing there, he would say, um, let me ask um, Rabbi Levin what to do. You know what I would tell him? Don't you dare go in the ocean. Are you crazy? You put your life in danger? Don't go in the ocean. And I'll be right. According to Allah, is he obligated to put his life in, on the line? You know why he, you know he went in the ocean? He didn't call anybody. You know he didn't call anybody? Because he didn't see an ocean. You know what he saw? He said, Moshe Rabbeinu said, go forward. He said, Moshe Rabbeinu said, go forward. It doesn't matter. There's an ocean, there's a wall, there's this, there. Moshe Rabbeinu said to go. He didn't see any ocean. There was no obstacle for him. All he saw was Moshe, said, Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe said, go forward, he went forward. That's what we have to have today as well. I'm talking about our Rebbe. I'm talking about the Rebbe. And the, Rebbe, the Rebbe's anniversary of leadership began a few days ago on the 11th of Shabbat. The Rebbe tells us, don't put your hands in your pockets and just pray to Hashem, not only, to pray to Hashem too. Don't think that you'll always stay in Egypt. And don't think that when you dive, it doesn't do anything. When you pray, it doesn't do anything. When you learn Torah, it doesn't do anything. You have to feel that every mitzvah you do, every time you say a word of Torah, it makes a change in the entire world so that the next good thought, the next good word, the next good action you do tips the scale. Especially, now is the time of the Gula, now is the time of Biyat HaMashiach, according to all the signs of the Torah. To feel the word now by the time of Kriyat Yamsuf, and our mitzvot, the things we do, makes a difference. So traveling forward eight times means traveling forward means that you feel. <laughs> no, I should go. There you go. Traveling forward means <laughs> traveling forward means that you feel when you do a mitzvah, it does something. You know, in Torah, it does something. You take your child, and you learn with him the chumash you did today, the mishnah did today. You made a change in the entire world. That's the meaning of, of traveling forward. Traveling forward means that a Jew feels that every mitzvah he's doing. It makes a change, not just in himself, not just in his environment, but in the whole world. So Hashem should help us all. Should trust in Hashem, absolute trust, not any worries. But not that it's going to be good the way Hashem knows that it's good. Good the way that Eitan knows that it's good. The way that Sars knows that it's good. The way that we can see with our eyes. Good question. Before I have to run, sorry. Uh, is it better to make blessings on fresh fruit or dried fruit? Fruit. Is there a difference? Is there a, I, I, I never... Do, I, to make the blessing, it's better to make a blessing out of fresh fruit or dry I, fruit? I'm not, I'm not aware of a difference. I've I, I no, never heard of a difference. No, no better... I, I think that's to do with preference. If, if you like, you know, you're, I, th- I think it's preference. I don't think there's an issue either way. Thank you. It, it may be, it, maybe, maybe it might be, it might, might be more considered more chashu. It might be more, more important when it's fresh. I'm not sure. I, I, I'm not familiar. I, I don't know. Check it out. Let me know. Thank you, Rabbi. we're going... David, you know where we're going? We're not going to stay. Don't get stuck with the Egyptians, man. Don't get stuck on the other side. <laughs> Got to get across. Get across. We know what we're doing, where we're going. There was a little boy. 
And a little boy asks his dad, wanted a treat. But his dad says, not time for treats. You know what the boy did? I told my kids this story way too young. They do this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> he said, <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, true. He, he said the prayer. Yeah, the brachy. I had to give it to him. In the same way, same with God. Same with God. A Jew trusts in God and says, "Hashem, I know for sure you're going to help me." And he leans on Hashem. It's real. A Jew. I'll tell you one more story. Let you guys go. Last story. There's a Jew. It's a true story. It's a crazy story. But it's it's we're not crazy. It's Jewish. It's, we we know this. It makes sense to us. Listen to the story. There was a Jew. Unfortunately, lost his father. He was a shochet. He was a shochet. And he needed to say Kaddish for his father. But he lived in a town, and he, was, he slaughtered animals in this far-off town. There's no minyan, there's no synagogue. And he wanted to know what he should do, because he, he can't say Kaddish for his father. So he asked the Rebbe what to do. So he told the Rebbe, you know, like, he has two brothers who are saying Kaddish, but he also wants to say Kaddish, but he's in this town, there's no minyan, what should he do? The Rebbe said, don't like this. The right thing is, the right thing is that you have to support your family, and you also have to pay for the, the expenses of the burial. And so by having this job, this will help you to honor your father as well. And therefore, it's perfectly okay to hire someone else, pay someone else to take cash for you, it's fine. And you'll stay there in this town. Then Nebuchadnezzar says, and there's a 180 on him. And then Nebuchadnezzar says, that, I'm only telling this to you because I don't know how much trust you have in God. But if, I, if, if, you have a, if, you're, if you're good at this, you have a strong heart and trust in Hashem, then I would tell you, you could find work somewhere else. God doesn't have to support you over here. God could support you anywhere. There's a right answer. Halacha says, Halacha says it's enough, you know? Halacha says this is fine. Like Eitan's asking, it's okay to be a dried out raisin, you know? It's okay to be a, to, to, to be, to, you could, you could, it's kosher, it's passing. But you know what, but the Rebbe says, but if you have trust in Hashem, if you're able to have trust in Hashem, I'll tell you to cross the Yamsu. I'll tell you, go, go find something else. So there's a right answer, but there's an answer that a Jew is able to bring out in his heart. You trust in Hashem, and it opens up a door. You trust in Hashem, it's a tool. You open up, it's not, it's not always an easy thing to do, but it works. And the reason why it works is because Hashem doesn't want to let us down. When you lean on Hashem and say, I trust you, Hashem, it's going to for sure be good, Hashem doesn't let you down. That, that, it's, 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 the Torah says, In fact, like you lean on Hashem, brings God's kindness. Any questions or comments or criticism? Not <laughs> <laughs>